Welcome to Season 3 of Soccer Over Gotham, an NWSL podcast covering New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC. Hosted by Ruby Pinto and Gary Gibson. All right, fans, welcome to Episode 75 of Soccer Over Gotham. We have a great show for you. Gary, what do we have in this episode? 75 episodes down. This one, we got a hot one. Gotham gets a point in a highly contested game down in the Houston Heat. Lynn Williams is now four goals from tying the all-time NWSL goal leader, hashtag once Gotham, Sam Kerr. We will preview Gotham's next opponent, Racing Louisville, away. Segment two is the mid-season awards show. I know it's so much fun. We've got a power panel of you, Ruby, me, and Jenna. Can't wait. But let's just get started. Ruby, how are you? I'm doing good. And let me tell you. This weekend, I didn't do anything. I didn't really do anything. I try to relax and organize my house a little because next weekend we have the family staying with us. They're coming over from Bolivia. So I'm going to be so busy being the great host that I am. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, They were here actually two years ago and I took them to one of the Gotham games. But that game we had a rain delay and we couldn't stay any longer because i think that game started like at midnight we couldn't stay and watch the game hopefully (sighs) yeah it was that time so hopefully this time the weather is perfect and cooperates with us (laughs) so this must have been the pride night game right yes it was was we took pictures like in the stadium like we grabbed food i think we got empanadas and everything but i think it was already like 11 o'clock and we had to leave we had other things to do we couldn't stay Bummer. Speaking of the rain, I'm excited for this rain. I've <laughs> I got all my plants in, my garden, my raised garden looks amazing. And I put some daisies in this year, some other some new plants I'm excited about. My butterfly bush is blooming. It's just all kinds of stuff. So it's just beautiful. <laughs> they needed this rain. Yeah. Talking about plants, um, I know I told you like a few mm-hmm. months ago that I, I got a palm tree. I'm okay. happy to report that my palm tree is still alive. All right. <laughs> so let's get on to this game since we're here. At the time, depending on Portland's finish, Gotham, if Gotham could beat Houston by four, first place was on the line. Houston is coming into the game after back-to-back wins. Amaros is returning to Houston where he was interim coach last season. Injury report, Mani is still out. Sabrina Flores picked up a foot injury. Taylor Smith is actually listed on the injury report now as a thigh injury. Taryn is still out for the knee injury for the season, and Midge was upgraded to questionable. Onto the formation, we have a 4-3-3. We have Sheehan, Williams, and Ryan across the top. Christy Mewis, Allie Long, and Neely Martin across the midfield. And then Jenna Nicewanger, Kristen Edmonds, Allie Krieger, Berninia, and Abby Smith uh, on the backside. What are your thoughts, Ruby? Sheehan, another start. Wow, that's mm-hmm. awesome. But I also have to mention that I like seeing Edmund start this game. She's she's a very solid in uh, defender. She's very solid in defense. And if if I were to make a single change in the starting lineup, I think I would have preferred to see Fairly in in place of Martin. Yeah, welcome back, Kristen, to the starting lineup. Excited about that. First, it's good to see O'Hara back in the eighteen. Yeah, And then Midge upgraded to questionable is another really good sign. Yeah. Uh, even though she doesn't make the 18, I mean, she's coming back pretty soon. Hopefully it's good. It's it's going to be a long game in this heat. Going to have to utilize that bench pretty wisely in this one. 
at kickoff, it was mid-90s. Houston presents a unique problem. It's hard to pin in a team that uses every inch of the pitch. Houston uses long switches, involves Didasco a lot in the in the build-up play, so they keep the ball wide, and it's hard to like and pin them in. The game changes when Krieger goes down with an injury. Houston scores really quickly, with probably within what, two minutes of her being off the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, both center backs start tracking Ordonez as they have been, and then Sanchez sneaks across the defense, gets a nice little quick transition ball into the back of the net. This is the first time this season Gotham is the second best team in the first 45. Yeah. Talking about that heat, you could tell the players were like sweating so much. Poor Jenna Nightswonger, like her face was like really <laughs> red that game. <laughs> really red. The first half performance from Gotham, I think, fell short from for from their best. Last time I, I can remember Gotham playing this way was against Angel City. And in this game, Gotham struggled to maintain control of the ball. And Houston effectively capitalized on those long passes to exploit Gotham's defense. Unfortunately, Abby Smith was caught off guard, leaving a little, like a little, she had little time to react and it resulted in a goal. I think styles make fights and Houston had a good game plan going into this one. Essentially keep the ball away from the middle of the park, keep Mm -hmm. the ball away from long and foul Gotham when they started getting any transition at all. Yeah, it, it was just frustrating to see see them like not be able to control the game. Well, well played from Houston. Well played. Yeah, well played from them. But also, <laughs> there was just way too many needless turnovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think in the first half, Gotham was the worst enemy in this one. It was also interesting to put Long higher up the pitch in this one. Only nine touches in the first half from her. Uh, for me, that's just not enough to for an impact player like she is. Yeah. Yeah. It, it felt kind of weird to see Long playing higher up. Perhaps the coach believed that positioning Long higher would contribute to better like control of the ball, but it just didn't happen. Yeah. It's also a tough one for Bruninha. I think Sanchez staying high and wide was pinning Bruninha back. And she was just unable to leave her mark going forward. Yeah, it was hard for me to find a way to stay with with Sanchez and at the same time to contribute to the team's attack. Yeah. In the second half, Gotham switched to the 4-2-3-1, gave a little bit of life to this team. Long was back in the six with Martin Williams up top. The first couple minutes of of the second half are more the same. Gotham needs a momentum shift desperately, and they get one, kinda. Another absolutely... Pitcher perfect ball from Nice Swanger starts a sequence that starts with Lynn hitting the post, but then ends with Mewis on the turf. Lynn buries the PK, but the momentum doesn't really shift. Houston keeps finding space behind Jenna, and Abby makes a terrific 1v1 save on Alosi. Honestly, this is a knockdown drag out fight to the end. Both teams are lucky to end up with, you know, 11 players on the field. Gotham gets out of this one with a point. There was a wild situation where Gotham gets scored on, but it gets called back because a ball was played by Ryan just out of bounds. It was, again, a very weird sequence. Mm-hmm. Then at the end, Schmidt hits the crossbar late, and it, it's a really weird bounce. And at that point, I didn't want Gotham to, to test their luck any further. It just 
just get out of town. <laughs> right. Just get out of Houston. Do something. Yeah. But if, yeah, when when that ball from from Ryan came out of bounds, everyone stopped playing in on Gotham's side. Like everyone started playing. And yeah, in this second half, I don't know. I feel like Gotham showed a glimpse of promise as they kept like they attempted to to gain control. But unfortunately, it was just a continuation of the struggle scene in the first half. Ball control remained lacking. They had difficulty to establish connections and struggled to convert chances in the in the final third. If it wasn't for the bar, I think this game would have ended differently, totally differently. And then they added these extra 12 minutes in the second half. It felt like forever, especially considering the, the players' fatigue and the heat. It, was, yeah, it felt forever. This is one of the toughest environments to play in. Houston midseason, and it sets up to be a challenge to any high-pressing team, especially if Houston gets you chasing side to side. But Gotham does well, given the circumstances. Definitely had chances to get three points here. Fairly and Zerboni, I think, were great subs. I just think mm-hmm. maybe if they were put on a little bit earlier, it would have been a little bit more of a game-changing, but it is whatever. Yeah, yeah, like you said. Like you said, it would have been beneficial to have Zerboni and Fairly. Well, for me... It would have been better to have Zerboni and Fairly start the match. And as you suggested, maybe introduce them in the beginning of the second half instead of like later on. Yeah, I agree. This game, like the game against the Wave, it felt like a playoff game. It was super <laughs> yeah. physical. The stakes felt really high. Uh, and, this, and it is really high at this point because the table is just so tight. When it comes to like the players... It's not a good sign to have your two center backs come out of the game. Losing Krieger, who had been playing really well, is definitely going to hurt. Hopefully, it's just precautionary. Allie needs to keep herself healthy. Yeah. Same with Edmonds. Yeah. Yeah, we we need them. We definitely need them. And it's important to prioritize their health. And I know that Gotham has great staff, so I'm I'm pretty sure they'll provide the necessary support to help them stay in in top condition. Let's get to our takeaways. I just think... Good teams draw on the road. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, it definitely. It was not the prettiest game, but yeah, a draw on the road. I'll I'll take it too. I do have to admit, though, it was it was good to see Didasco and Tucker. Man, Didasco when when she left, that one hurt. <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, Didasco had a great game. She's just so talented, and Tucker as well. Gotham wins on the road for these past. Three of their four games, which is very tough to do. And all these teams were above the line. Houston was above the line when we played them. The mm-hmm. result was one, two, and one. It's funny that the, well, not really funny, but the only <laughs> game we lost was at home. Uh, if, if you told me that that would be the result after that gauntlet of teams, I'd be pretty happy. I know context is everything. Again, I'll take it. Yeah, it's not it's not fun to, to lose at home. It. It really sucks that Gotham lost at home. But looking at at the bigger picture, they had a good performance overall. There is room for growth and there's room for improvement. Hopefully they can unlock their true potential and achieve even greater success on this second half of the season. Yeah, so post-game quotes, Amaro says, the team's resilience was unbelievable. Houston is a strong team at home, coming off two wins. Overall, a positive result, even even though they wanted to win. To which I say, this game was filled with a bunch of new tests for this team. The sun mm-hmm. in the, on their eyes in the first half was really tough. Losing Krieger, getting scored on for the first time in the first half this season, having to claw back in the heat, getting a result when you're not playing well, 
for me, that's a good thing. Yeah, I think it was Nicewonger or Christy Mewis that mentioned during the, the post-game conference that the heat was brutal for them. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that they they should be they should be able to play in any weather. And I agree, but again, it's it's Jersey. We don't really get much of that. So I can see why they struggled in Houston with, with the weather. Hopefully next time it 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 goes better for, for Gotham. Yeah. And the head coach of Houston said that this was possibly or probably <laughs> the worst ref game in league history. He complained about the penalty. He complained about how long VR took. I, I agree with some of that, and I don't agree with some of that. Mm-hmm. We've definitely seen worse. <laughs> this is coming <laughs> from the team that saw a goal ruled a corner kick. So oh we've <laughs> definitely seen worse. Those two refs lost their assignments for the next couple of games. So. Yes, we've seen worse. Was the penalty soft? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, but those kind of penalties are called all the time. So that's not out of the ordinary. Yeah. About the refereeing, like, I think it depends on what side you're on. Because if you see it through our side, which we, you know, we support Gotham, we're like, yeah, the refereeing was fine. Mm -hmm. Maybe a little hiccup here and there, but whatever happens in every game but if you're on the houston side yeah it was terrible for you guys because you got a a, a goal taken away and so you could have won that game but it didn't happen so again it depends on what what side you're on you have to take a larger perspective and if it as long as it's consistent that's all i care about yeah like those calls are made all the time against us for us sometimes you're on the right side sometimes you're on the wrong side of that I will agree with them that that whole sequence of with Gotham getting scored on because Ryan played the ball out of bounds was bizarre. Mm-hmm. It was weird to let Gotham players crowd around the VAR, uh, the ref during the VAR, but that doesn't change anything. I'll just give Sam that. <laughs> oh my God. When I think about like all the Gotham players asking for, for the, the VAR check, I think of um, Fairly when she's like, you know, the, making the little sign <laughs> <find> the VAR <laughs> to yeah. check it out. But yeah. And yeah, even though the the ball's out, if you don't hear a whistle, I think the players should keep playing. Mm-hmm. That was one mistake from them that they, they 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 saw the ball out and they they stopped playing. But if you don't hear a whistle until then, you just keep playing. And you know, after the play stops or whatever, maybe you can you can like, hey, you the ball went out. Can you check that out? But it yeah. is what it is. As we mentioned this earlier, but both teams were lucky to end with 11 players. I think the ref let a lot of stuff go. I think a couple players, I think Chapman was an example, was Mm -hmm. well past the limit on persistent infringement. Well past. Uh, On the other hand, I think Gotham is lucky that O'Hara did not get a a red for that uh, tackle. Mm -hmm. Uh, She bodied that that player. (laughs) And she had. Yeah. Both teams got away with a lot in this game. It was super, super physical. Yeah, like you mentioned earlier, it felt like a final game or, or like something like that because, yeah, it was very physical. Yeah, there were a lot of errors out there. Like you said, Nohera didn't get a red card. Sheehan didn't get a yellow card for that boot on the face. I wonder how she's doing. Hopefully, she's she's well. They took her out just at prevention, concussion prevention. Uh, but yeah, it is what it is again. Yeah. All right, any stats of the game, Ruby? The stat of the week is that Gotham only had 76 passes on their half. That pretty much means that Houston was ha- doing a good job at keeping Gotham on their on their half, which is not ideal when you want to start making goals. What about yours, Gary? 
Yeah, you think you're right. 76 passes in the opposition's half is not normal for Gotham. Again, we've had 120, 140 the past two games. So yeah, they, they were bypassing our press and it was very hard to press them in their own end. So the field tilt was a little bit different in this game. But my stats is there were seven shots in total from Gotham, six from Williams. The only other shot taker was Nicewanger. We just got to get more players involved in the attack, especially with Williams all but gone for the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, considering... The Gotham schedule and the participation of certain Gotham players in the World Cup, their last game before the World Cup might be July 9th against Portland Thorns. Since the the World Cup concludes on August 20th, it is unlikely that any of these players will return by the game on August 27th, depending on how far they go into the tournament. It's probable that they'll be back for the game either on September 2nd or September 16th. So that that is a total of like five to six games that the players will miss, again, depending on how far they go into the tournament in the World Cup. Let's get to our player of the week. Fans chose Williams. It was a close one, slightly over Smith. Do you agree, Ruby? Choppy game, and it was hard for me to pick one to like stand out because Abby just had amazing saves and Williams calmly took that PK shot and made it in. So for me, it's just both of them, Williams and Abby. I think it's definitely both. I'm with the fans here. I, I do think it's close. I think the 1v1 save with Alosi was game changing, but so was the penalty. Let's just go with the tie. Let's get down to the standings. What do you think, Ruby? So we have Gotham now in fifth place. And, you know, I was getting used to seeing Gotham on the top of the table. We had Gotham there for two weeks, so I was getting used to that. Now, this table is really tight because a win or a loss can make the team go up three spots or go down three spots. So this, let's just win. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy that, that Gotham right now is two points from first place and two points from seventh place. That's how crazy how, t- how tight this is and it's going to be a fun ride the rest of the way out buckle up fans buckle up we're only halfway through their journey so i'm just ready to see where this team is heading you ready for some math ruby oh let's go i got my pen all right i correctly calculated last season that it would take 33 points to make the playoffs let's say for the sake of the argument that i am right again which i usually (laughs) am yeah it's let's say it's 33 for Gotham to make the playoffs, that means Gotham needs 15 points from their last 11 games, which mm-hmm. is 1.36 points per game. If Gotham mirrors their first half, because right now we have 18 points. So if we mm-hmm. have the same uh, first half as we do the second half, we're easily in. But just to make the playoffs, they just need to keep up their form. They need five wins in their last 11 games. So they can go 5-0-6. Oh, they can burn six games, but win five and make it. Or they can win four games, get three draws. So four, three, and four. That's pretty reasonable, mm-hmm. right? Or they can win three <laughs> win three games, have six draws, or two wins and nine draws. <laughs> you get the point. Yeah, I get the point, but I, I prefer the first option. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine Gotham drawing nine games for the rest of the Oh, season. no, no. no. <laughs> I'll be looking at like somewhere in the back. Where's Freya? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so like you said, 11 games left, only 15 points needed. So 
as long as they win half of those games, we're good. We're good. I feel positive. Like you said, they just have to mirror what they've been doing. And if they can surpass what they've been doing even better, I'm already like counting on Gotham in the playoffs. Yeah, there is definitely concern, though, for teams at the bottom of the table. And I think it just based on my calculations, I think it may be too late for certain teams to claw back up. Yeah. So, for example, Lesser Gotham, I mean, Angel City, MKC, nine points for both of them at the moment. So they would need 24 points in 11 games to reach the playoffs in that scenario. It'd be 2.1, uh, 2.18 points per game. So that is essentially eight wins. And they can only have three losses in 11 games or seven wins and three draws. They can only lose one game if they draw a game. <laughs> Anything is possible, of course. And I, I'm just putting this out there. I'm not sure Freya makes it through the rest of the season if they don't start winning and winning fast. Yeah, it it just sucks for for Angel City, Lesser Gotham. Because, you know, they are the team that everyone is looking at to perform at a high level because they have so many stars. Unfortunately, some of those stars are injured and some of them are just coming back. Like Gordon, like LaRue just got back. They have their star Thompson. But again, I don't know what's going on with them. Nothing's working out and they're on, on the bottom of this table and the seeing the numbers that you just said, I think it's going to be really hard for them to to make it to the playoffs. I don't think they'll make it. If by any miracle they do, we have to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Winning eight games out of eleven is pretty. Yeah. Pretty we were going we were going with that last season with with Gotham. I was like, there's still a chance. <laughs> if they just win nine of the last nine games, they can make it. Yeah, we didn't make it. All right, on to our next opponent. Gotham plays their last road game before coming home to their next three of four. And after that gauntlet of top teams, we play four teams below the line for the moment. First up is Racing Louisville and hashtag once Gotham page Monaghan. And historically, for whatever reason, this has been a really tough matchup to win for either side. It is one, four and one overall. Gotham is, however the best road team in the league and undefeated in their past five games away. This is a much more hospitable environment than Houston. Your thoughts on this matchup, Ruby? Yeah. So I watched the last Louisville game and they do have some fast players in there and they have a lot of potential as well. So hopefully when Gotham comes and plays Louisville, they can like shut them down because they do have some fast players out there. We have Paige Monahan. We know how she plays. She's an incredible player. So we have to shut her down too. And we have to have a game plan to be able to make goals and be be effective in the final third because we're lacking some goals right now. The last time we had more than one or two goals was when we played Oil Rain. And it feels like a long time ago by now. So I need another game from Gotham to score at least three or four goals. Just make another statement out there. It's very similar to Orlando. Like they always play us tough. Mm-hmm. And some games they're, you know, they, they'll beat top five opponents and then they'll get spanked by a lower level team. They drew at the wave and the spirit and they only lost once in their last five. So they have a, a perennial thorn in our side, which is Carson Pickett. Mm-hmm. They have their two. Uh, I'd be I'd be happy with a draw here. So what do we manifest this week, Ruby? 
So like I just mentioned, I'm going to manifest a three goal game. Of course, Gotham making three goals. And hopefully someone else other than Lynn Williams steps up. What about you? I am manifesting from here on out until it happens. Mewis on the final World Cup roster. Yes, yes, I agree. I really want to see her play in the World Cup. Yeah. Any random thoughts, Ruby? I do not have any random thoughts. What about you? Now, let's just get to our award show, shall we? Let's do it. Let's go. Welcome back to the show, everybody. This These are some of my favorite segments. The mid-season, season three awards, as and this is voted on by you, the fans. So I'm so excited about this. If you haven't done so yet, go to Over Gotham Pod on Twitter. That's where all the polls are. That's where the fan voices are. We love that. Thank you for everyone who's voted. So there's so much to talk about. I have assembled for this podcast the, I guess we can call this the Soccer Over Gotham Power Panel. I guess we can call that. <laughs> We got Ruby with us, and we got best friend of the show, Jenna Tanelli of The Equalizer, Local W, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, on the show. So help, welcome back, Jenna. Yes, thank you so much for having me back. Really happy to be back, especially with Ruby. I feel like our paths have not crossed on the podcast, <laughs> although they have crossed in real life at the games. So I'm glad to be on with you. Not that I don't love being on with Gary, but, you know, I love my girl, Ruby. So yeah, with that out of the way, just want to say, wow, what a season so far for Gotham. Fifth place, halfway through the season. They had two weeks top of the table. They're real formidable this year, and it's been really fun to cover. Yeah, it's been really fun. And I want to say we are happy to have you back. On- wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me say that again. <laughs> I am very happy to have you back on the show. <laughs> and thanks for coming back. And I have to say, I'm blaming Gary for not being together on the pod more often. I think we re-recorded <laughs> once before. I don't know. I don't remember. Anyway, but at least <laughs> I get to see you on game days, okay? So that's yes. good. I don't think you get to see Gary much, though. No, I don't I see win. Gary much on the game days, but I have been enjoying seeing you and the incredible content that you are putting out from those games. So I love that. Thanks, thanks. Anyway... Mm-hmm. It's been a really exciting season so far, and coming from a season like last year, I didn't know what to expect this season, so it's a pleasant surprise for sure. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's quickly talk about that. It's, it's, been a, it's been a ride covering this team. It's been, again, a pretty positive season. I'm, ex- I'm excited to have this contrast that we've had, and I'm glad I always get to cover it with you two uh, doing this. But let's get to why we're here, which is the award show. So these polls are the voice of the fans, and we love to amplify the fans' voices. Always, we start with a poll that I do not make, because why would I? Just your thoughts on goalkeeping and how good Abby Smith has been. Yeah, I mean... It's interesting. Obviously, Abby has been the number one you know, goalkeeper or I mean, in that number one spot. But Mandy Haw and Michelle Betos have both also gotten minutes. They've been fabulous. Everyone has played really well. I think it's really interesting that head coach Juan Carlos Amoros seems to take into account goalkeeper performance during training and what he describes as a competitive environment into his decisions for for game day. So a very interesting spot for Gotham to be in with three very talented keepers. But before this weekend, Abby Smith led the league in saves, but uh, she has been surpassed, I think, by Lund. But Mm. she's still up there leading the league in saves, just 
in second place now. She's adapted really well to Amoroso's system, you know, where he clearly has the keeper very involved, uh, coming well off their line, which has led to a, a couple of scary moments, a couple of conceded goals. But on the other side of that, it's also helped Gotham restart play quickly, keep that high press and maintain their attacking threat. So I really enjoyed it. Um, and I think Abby Smith has been incredible. Yeah, she's she's definitely been really involved and exceptional perfor- uh, performance from Abby Smith this season. I mean, her contributions have proven to be crucial for the success of the team so far. And I personally believe without Abby's performance, Gotham wouldn't would be in a much different place right now. Yeah, I'd say it was one of the sneakiest, I guess, best pickups of the offseason. I think if we're voting today, I think she is the NWSL Keeper of the Year. I know Lund has has been having a good season too, possibly Tullus Joyce, but I think Abby's head of the pack right now. Considering that she's only played in, say, seven games in the past two seasons, she's been pretty good. And I've been watching her for a long time through the A-League and through her different stops. So I knew she could play. Honestly, she's even surprised me a little bit at how really good she's been. She took a couple games to get comfortable, but now she has, she's been lights out. It seems every week she's making that one save that we need her to make. She's got the highest save percentage in the league, I think, and the fewest goals conceded per 90. So she's been awesome. Let's get over to the polls that I did make, which is, we'll start with the rookie of the, well, last year was the rookie of the year. This year, we're turning it to young player of the year, since we don't have one rookie. (laughs) (laughs) Best player under 24, we'll say. We'll call that that a young player. I know, Jenna, you're just under the 24, right? That's right, 23. 23. (laughs) Although, it's so funny. Every time I I tweet a joke about me being 23, there's always like a handful of people who really believe me, which I love. And my wife gets so mad. She's like, I have to correct the record. Yeah. Oh, why are you mad though? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, moving along. <laughs> yeah. right. So last year we had a bunch of rookies, and we had we had Hensley, we had Jenna Bike, we had Sharon Torres, we had Cameron Tucker, and a lot of them didn't get many minutes. I think the players here that we have for our poll this time, even Sheehan, who ended up at the lowest of the poll, I think her performance probably would have won her that poll last year because mm-hmm. I think, think she's been that good. That's how much we're relying on young players this year. So the category was, again, players under 24, and Nicewanger just won at 48% over Bruninha at 40%. Your thoughts, Jenna? I mean, obviously, looking at last year's poll, I know Taryn Torres kind of ran away with that. Mm-hmm. And I'm so sad that we do not get to see her this year. She was such a promise last year. Her injury has been brutal. I was really hoping to see her shine, you know, especially during the World Cup days. But uh, yeah, I agree with this year's poll, Jenna Nyswanger. I mean, wow. I mean, her crosses into the box, her runs up and down the flank, her shots, that left foot is absolutely on fire. You know, of course, we've seen her play out of position a bit. And I think that kind of, you know, lends to this because she's taken to it pretty well. And I really think she could really be rookie of the year if she continues this path. Mm, Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes to everything Jenna said. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I believe in the absence of Ali Long last year, Taryn Torres emerged as a standout player last season. And as a result, many people were anticipating watching Torres play this current season sucks it didn't happen and it sucks that she suffered an injury during preseason it is also worth noting that the young players on the team are re- have each demonstrated 
their abilities and shining on their own way, you know, on the field. They add an exciting dynamic to the team, even in the face of some setbacks. Yeah. And just to touch briefly on Bruninha, who came very close behind Nicewanger. I mean, that that's a hard pull. She's been yeah. a phenomenal. I mean, I know, I think maybe we'll talk about her a little bit later, but it just what a revelation Bruninha has been for this team. Yeah, because again, last season, we've been very poor as a team <laughs> playing young players. I mean, we talk back to our rookies in 2020. Viennes is somewhere else and she's not coming back. Real is in, in San Diego. McGlynn left. Now she's back. Now she's getting some minutes. In 2021, we had Pinto left. Sheehan went on loan, came back. Now she's getting minutes. Torres was getting minutes, mm-hmm. but then got hurt. Bodie uh, is now in North Carolina getting minutes. Hensley away from the team. Livingstone away from the team. And Lofman is wherever Lofman is. But yeah, we've been really poor about playing young players. So that's why this this poll was very exciting to me. Seeing so many young players getting minutes, making contributions, and growing. And we just talked about Bernina. How much has she grown in this whole, this just this season? She's becoming a two-way player. And she's, yeah, sky's the limit for her as well. And it's interesting. I mean, Yasmin Ryan didn't get a ton of the vote, but you know, you know what's kind of interesting about Yasmin Ryan is the way she plays. You think she's a veteran, you know? It's like right. some, when I think of Yasmin Ryan, I don't think like standout young player. I just think like extremely accomplished, talented, cha- you know, dominant on the field, just mm-hmm. incredible talent. So, yeah, you're right. I, it's a it's a good mix on Gotham this year. I think of of youth, veteran, mid-career. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And Ryan, if she had w- one or two assists, she'd be probably a lot higher in that list. But she's been excellent. And, and when you had to check, like, is she or, is she over 24? Because uh, yeah. you're right. <laughs> she's she's got an NWSL championship. And when we interviewed her, she has every accolade so far that she can possibly get. So, yeah, she's a winner. Yeah. Yeah. She, she just shows so much confidence on the field. Mm-hmm. That's why we think she has more experience than she does. It, and it's awesome to have her here. Totally. All right. Every one of these polls, I made a quick discussion question. Now that we've seen some early results, has Gotham won the offseason over Casey? That's such a hard question because Kansas City made some incredible moves, but really got stymied by injuries. So mm-hmm. it's really hard. It's kind of like comparing apples to oranges because if they had that full roster firing on all cylinders, it could be a very different story. I mean, unfortunately, KC, I mean, what, what, an, what so up and down. I mean, what they were, what, last place at the end of 2021. Then in 2022, they're in the final and now they're back to last place. And Gotham has kind of done like the opposite <laughs> of what they've been doing. So I don't know. It's a really hard question. But I think in a vacuum, I still think Gotham had the better offseason. I mean, Lynn Williams, Abby Smith, Jenna Nicewanger. It's just, you know, signing Juan Carlos Amoros as a coach, even, you know, mm-hmm. I you know, count that as part of it. I think they've shown they, to me, they've won the offseason. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, we had so many doubts what was going to happen with Gotham this year. But as the, as the offseason progressed, we saw them and we saw the game plan they had. I mean, we got incredible players like Jenna mentioned. We got Abby. We have Lynn. We have a new coach. And, you know, Amrose was only on the end of yourself for a, like 
maybe a few months with with Houston, but he showed that incredible talent. And then we took advantage and we brought him to to Gotham. So that was a great move from Gotham. I will say, yeah, we're winning. Yeah, I, I would say yes. Uh, the, I think the main difference is, as you can see, when Casey's coach left, it felt like Gotham had more of a plan mm. than Casey. Casey signed a lot of players, and I and from the from just from the outside, I'm like, I'm not sure how all these pieces fit into the system that they're running. But when you look at Lynn Williams, you go, okay, I know exactly what she's going to do in this offense, right? Like, like Dabinia, who knows if she could fit into that with the first system they were running there. I wasn't sure how she was going to fit, but I think Gotham actually had a good plan. I think they executed well. And I do think at this point, you can say we won the offseason. And it's also to note that Gotham's offseason was different in that they, you know, they've been kind of up and down with coaches coming, coaches going, general managers mm-hmm. coming, general managers going. But this year they had Yael in place. She had experience with the team. They had Amaros mm-hmm. there. He already had even just a couple of months experience as a head coach. And they could really, I think you saw, come up with that plan and get players on that fit that plan. So yeah, I think you really saw that shake out. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it does also start with Amaros. I think he was the best coach available and I think they knocked it out of the park. Totally. Yeah, let's get on to best defender. Now, this is interesting because a lot of these polls just from last season are a completely different list of players, except for Krieger. Uh, this list is completely different. We had Dorsey, Johnson, and Freeman at the end of last season on this list. This year, we have, it is still weird seeing Nicewanger as a defender on this list, but Nicewanger, Edmonds, Krieger, and Bernina. Krieger runs away with it. Uh, your thoughts on this, Jenna? Yeah, I mean... I know I was looking at that too, how how it's so different, but Krieger continues to be a leader on this team and on this back line. And you really saw how important she is to that back line in that most recent game where she came out with an injury and Gotham got scored on within minutes, not even seconds, basically, yeah. of her of her leaving as they adjusted to Ellie Jean coming on and, and Krieger going up because, I mean, Ellie Jean is also fantastic, but a very different player from Krieger. So, you know, it was interesting in that game too. I, I had kind of an inkling that something wasn't right. She wasn't really playing like her usual self. She had some very uncharacteristic giveaways when usually usually her passing is so clinical. And so when she went out with the injury, I was like, ah, I had a feeling maybe something was up there, which sucks. Um, but mm-hmm. I, you know, a few people have asked me for updates on the injury. I don't have one. I really hope it's nothing serious. But I completely agree from a defensive standpoint. She's still the standout on this team. You know, I know Bruninha came in second, has been extremely effective on both sides of the ball, you know, shining a little bit more in the attack, I would say. But from a purely defensive look, it's Krieger all the way. Yeah. And I honestly, I just hope that Krieger is back next game. Hopefully it's nothing serious, not nothing major, because we really need her. Yes. It is. Yeah, it is undeniable that Krieger's experience shines through in, in every match. And it greatly benefits the the team to have such talented and seasoned player in the back line as Krieger. Her dominance last season and her continued impact in the current season have been remarkable. However, it is sad that this is her last year with Gotham, playing for Gotham. And I think finding a player who possesses a similar combination of skills and experience is going to be challenging for, for Gotham next year. Yeah, I think, I think it's pretty. It's pretty obviously Krieger. Uh, it is. Uh, I do like bringing in a lot. She's learning the defensive side of the game, but yeah, mm-hmm. obviously it's it's Krieger right now. But it's such a turnaround from last season. There's so much more freedom with this team. Obviously, 
uh, with when he had Freya in, as a coach, everybody was pinned back, right? Didasco got forward a couple of times to get some wide balls in, but mm-hmm. with Scott, both defensive backs were pressed in, so they were uh, very defending as a, as a block of four. This season, there's so much freedom for Nicewanger to come to go forward, Brunini to come forward, and as a high pressing team, that puts these center backs on an island a lot. So it's been a lot more one one v one defending, and I think Krieger has stepped up, and I think she's been amazing defending one on one. She's been going one on one with like Rodman and Hatch and all these players, and she's just pushing them aside and just doing a fantastic job. I think it's obviously Krieger. And again, like you both said, it's it's just it's a shame it's her last season because I think she's playing some of her best soccer. Yeah, she really, really is. I mean, her her mind, her soccer IQ is just off the chart. You know, Ali Long's another person that comes to mind when you think of soccer IQ on the team. But it's you know, even I'm just thinking, even attacking. I can't remember what game it was, but there was one game where Krieger was up so high that she was basically oh. in line with Lynn and I was like what are you doing but she was like redirecting the ball back in like she it's just she's just incredible and she is playing amazing soccer um and yeah I think Ruby you're you're right I I don't know when she retires who who fills that role because I think it's critical both in her skill her experience her leadership yeah I I I will be really interested to see I wonder if Allie Long if she stays another yeah, I'm not. I can't remember her contract situation off the top of my head, but you know mm-hmm. they've been putting her into center back a little bit. So who knows? And my my best guess will be just be Edmonds and Jean. I think because yeah. Edmonds is a similar player to Krieger as far as skill set. So I think that would probably be the most obvious. But again, who knows? Mm. Who knows? All right, quick discussion question: What player on the squad deserves more minutes in your opinion? I don't know, Ruby. Do you have one off the top of your head? I got to think about it for a second. Like, I feel like there's a lot of players that I want to see mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see Serboni play more. Why? Because she has shown, like, incredible, like, skills this, this season. She looks determined. She looks like like a fighter out there. You have to remember, she was the captain last year, so she has that leadership on the field. And when she just steps on the field, like, you, you can feel it. I, but other than that, I would say Mandy as well. I love Mandy. But yeah. Yeah, I agree with both of those. I think Zerboni has been playing some incredible soccer. I've been really watching her when she comes on. She just breaks up play. I talk about this later. You know, we, we talk about, you know, game changers. So I'll, I'll save my, <laughs> my piece on the call <laughs> for that. I think Mandy Freeman is somebody I would love to see get more minutes. Um, I think it just shows how competitive this training environment really is. And, and you know, Amaro says that every single press conference, but Gotham has depth. Gotham has extreme depth. So I do not envy having to make those decisions week in, week out. And then Ifiata Manu, uh, you know, she she's the one for me. Gary, I think, uh, is that the one for you too? <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. It's a, it's a World Cup year for her. Uh, I think she needs to get back into form. When she's played, she's been a little rusty. Uh, I think she just needs a couple of games to get back into form before she goes to the World Cup. So I'm hoping it's her. Let's get over to best midfielder. Last year, we had Mewis, Kawasumi, Zerboni, and Torres on this list, and Mewis ran away with it. This time, Mewis ran away with it, but it was a little bit closer with Farrelly and Long. I'll just I'll start with this one. 
Obviously, we all know that Farrelly's resurgence has been amazing. We're all rooting for her, and she's been stepping up and getting better each game. And the thought that she's going to be on the Ireland national team is so super exciting. I can't wait. I do, I do, I do agree. It's Mewis, but long. I th- sometimes people describe players randomly, and it just for me, it like it just works. Uh, the Casey's interim coach called Long a spider, and I was like, that's interesting. I was like, you know what? She is a spider. Uh, it's she, she puts out a web around her and she just engulfs everything around her and she, she dictates play. And the teams that have done the best against us this season have eliminated Long from getting the ball. Both Orlando and Houston kept the ball away from Long pretty much the entire game. So she's super, super important to this team. I think Mewis is probably been... She's so frustrating. Uh, I just have to say that. I think the world of her, and I think that her final product is missing. She does a lot of the, the fundamentals and good little things right. Uh, I, I I do agree it's Mewis, but I, I still want her final product to be a little better. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I think... So I, I, you know, just kind of peddling it all the way back, I'm not surprised to see the voting be a little bit closer this season between mm-hmm. Long, Farley, and Mewis. But yeah, I mean, I think Mewis has, has been clutch. And I think mm-hmm. it's kind of what you said. It's the fundamentals. It's the way that she shut Marta down, you know, during the mm-hmm. Orlando game. She really made sure that Marta didn't, you know, get out of control with the incredible things that Marta can do. Um, you know, I she picks up balls, recovers balls. She sends amazing, accurate long balls, you know, over the top. She covers a ton of ground. And I think in, in terms of what her assignment and her role seems to be on the team. I think it's been consistent and I think she's doing what, what is asked of her. Um, you know, she'll be the first one. And she said it during press conferences. She says she want to not assist. Does she want to get on the board? Of course, you know, she's a competitor. So, but I've been really, really happy with, with her. Obviously, uh, Sinead has had an incredible season, <laughs> an amazing addition, such a pleasure to watch her play for all of the reasons she she's been fantastic but you know sometimes she's a starter sometimes she comes off the bench Mewis definitely is the consistent you know starter as is long and the return of Allie has been so so needed it's like you said when she's shut down the the engine of the team kind of stalls she's she's that engine so um but you know she's been slotting back in the center back showing her versatility. There was this one moment in, I think it was the most recent game where she, she, two defenders or two midfielders, I can't remember, came up on her and she was just like right in the middle. And she does that like little like futsal trick where she just like gets the ball out from under them, turns around and just like gets away from two, two players. It was just like, she's incredible. Uh, but I agree. I think in terms of the workload and the work rate, um, Mewis has been for me, the best midfielder. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually have a video of Mewis talking about Marta uh, yes. in the mix zone. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. I have to edit that video because it gets a little noisy in the mix zone, but I do have her like talking about Marta and I'm, I'm going to post it either tomorrow yes. or the next day. Do it because that quote is so good. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's funny. It is funny. But 2023 marks the World Cup year for, for some of these players. Mewis in particular has expressed her strong desire to secure a spot in the World Cup roster. I mean, her performances at Gotham this season have shown her drive and determination to excel in the world stage, while also making significant contributions to to her club team. And honestly, I really hope she gets to go. Me too. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not putting her down. I, I think I just think so highly of her that when when I think her final product, if it's just a little bit better, I think she could be 
Exactly, because we know she can do better. We know, yeah, that's that's the vibe. I, you know, like when you were saying all that, it's it's so true. It's because you know the caliber of player that Christine is. She's absolutely incredible and so talented. And yeah, I mean, I want to see some Christine Mewis goals. Like, let's go. (laughs) Yeah, and I also I want her to make this World Cup roster so much for her. So those little things. One goal, one assist here and there just solidifies her in that spot. You know what I'd like to look at is Ariel Drawer, good friend of mine on Twitter, always putting out the pass maps and, Mm -hmm. you know, the XG plots and and all that. Super interesting. I mean, I'm not like a, I don't have like the brain for all that data, but when the way she puts it out in terms of the visualizations or help me digest that data in ways that I can't when I'm just looking at the numbers. So shout out Ariel, you're iconic. Um, but what I always look at is on the past maps, it shows like the the impact of the player and how important they were to like whatever the play was or whatever. And I'm always looking at that. And Christy, most of the time, has that, you know, red circle or the, you know, yellow circle where she's like contributing significantly to to the team. So I'm, I'm always looking at, at that too. All right. Discussion question. So what position do you think Gotham goes after in the summer transfer window since they have a spot open? Midfield. I yeah, said midfield. I got, yeah, I got midfield as well. I think they got enough enough attackers. And if Mewis is going to be gone, then that's a, I think it's a bigger need. Yeah. Taryn's out with the injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, on to attacker of the season. All right, last season we had Purse, Anamanu, Smith, and Monahan. None of them are on the list because there is <laughs> only one. It is Lynn Williams. I, I split up between Lynn Williams and Go Bats, and either one, it's Lynn Williams. So, <laughs> Jenna, what are your thoughts? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Lynn. A whole, but, wow, I, I just, like, I'm just literally in my head, like, picturing her, picturing her scoring goals in my head right now because. Right. It's it's just Lynn all the way. She's been the focal point of Gotham as in their attack. Um, lethal on both sides of the ball. That clip that just went up from their game against San Diego where she tracked all oh. the way back to defend Alex Morgan. I was like, you know that meme? <laughs> that's like, Ariana, what are you doing here? You know that from, like, I don't know what mm-hmm. that's from. I'm going to get, mm-hmm. like, roasted for that. Mike. I'm 23. <laughs> I'm 23. I know all the references. But, like, that's what it was like. I was like, why is Lynn all the way back there? I, yeah, I mean, there, there's not too much to say that hasn't already been said. She is just getting better and better and better every single game. Um, and yeah, I'm going to be really interested to see who steps up in her absence in her world cup absence. Delaney and Yasmin are going to have to really step up, but I, I know they can. So mm-hmm. for real, that play was amazing. And we were <laughs> like, and it looks even better because we were in the press box. So it was like right in front of us. Mm-hmm. That day, I got there a little late because of the traffic from the San Diego game. And I was just getting settled in, whatever. And I just see, like, Lynn, like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, she ran so fast to get Morgan and shut down Morgan. She, I, I got mean, to see the stats on, like, the miles per hour that these players run because Lynn has got to be up there in, in terms of, like, top acceleration speed. I mean, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Lynn Williams has proven to be an important asset to the team. Having already scored six goals this season and with only four goals needed to equal Sam Kerr's record and five just to surpass it. And like you said, Jenna, it will be interesting to see who steps up. Although Ryan possesses like an immense potential, she has yet to find the back of the net. 
I mean, she did have a goal, but it was taken back by the bar, which sucks. Yeah. The only (laughs) time I've hated, well, not the only time. One of the times I've hated Barb. Me and Barb have been on good terms this season so far. But that one, you know, every relationship has ups and downs. <laughs> right? That was one of them. But another one is Sheehan. Uh, she has come close, but yet uh, yet to convert her chances. But on a positive note, we, we can anticipate the return of Midge Purse. Her oh, comeback cool. will boost the team's attacking options. Yeah. Yeah, I think Lynn's been in- incredible. Obviously, at the beginning of the season, I know Lynn has gone for a season, but it felt like all the pundits were not like writing her off, but just not mentioning her or just ignoring her and forgetting how prolific she has been through her, her entire career. So it was it's really good to see her kind of get that spotlight back. And we were like, oh, wow, she can do all these things. And she's been yeah. right on point. And like, yeah, I know, Jenna, you're 23. I'm a little older than that. <laughs> So there's a there's, there was a so, there's a song that like plays in my head like you know the song like forgot about Dre oh yes of course I mean okay. no That's, I'm not why I'm way too no, young yeah this, no. I know I know BTS I, know, like, I don't know yeah and like everybody forgot about Lynn at the beginning of the season so yeah. I'm glad well, she's it's, it's yeah. interesting and I think this kind of goes back to your your you know what kind of you were saying about Christy and with Lynn she has always been incredible she has always mm-hmm. been scoring goals notching assists like this has been her. But when she had misses, people grabbed on to that and were like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, look at that miss, whatever. But I, I think when you're so good, the bar is so much higher and you and like that stuff happens, which sucks. But it, it, it's kind of like recency principle or whatever it's called. Like you see one bad thing and then it's like you forget everything else that's happened and all that. But I, I think for Lynn, unfortunately... Um, that's happened to her over the years where people have written her off because maybe she missed one goal or whatever, but you know, you, you don't get to be about to equal Sam Kerr's all time goal scoring record for no reason. You know, like she was on the North Carolina championship team, like a bunch of those times, you know, she's a consistent call up on the national team. So I don't know what those people are talking about. They're just being silly and Lynn Williams forever. And she loves candy corn, so she is my girl. <laughs> Go back. <laughs> yes. All right, so on to the discussion questions. Right now, Gotham has one player that's a forward that has scored – well, technically she's a forward. Taylor Smith is the only player that has scored a goal from our attack. Otherwise, the only two goal scorers we've had other than Lynn and Taylor Smith is Bruninha and Jenna Neiswanger. That's craziness. Uh, so at the end of this season – who is the second highest scorer on this team? Because we know the highest is going to be Lynn. Really hard question. Yeah. Well, if Jenna Nicewanger keeps playing up top, I would say it's going to be her. But I think when this World Cup happens and Kelly O'Hara and Bruninha are both likely to go, she's not going to be playing up top. They're going to need her back exactly. there, which is like annoying, but she's also yeah. quite good. So I, I get it. If Taylor Smith were to come back from her injury quickly, I would say it might be her. And if Midge comes back, if she's ready to come back next game, it could very well be her. So I don't know. Yeah. Everything that Jenna said, that was in my mind. Yep. She said exactly what I was thinking. Great minds. Great minds. (laughs) I always been vouching for, for, um, Jenna to be higher up the field, but like you said, they're, they're going to be out. O'Hara's going to be out. 
Brinina is going to be out. So they can't move her up. She has to stay back there. I would love for her, for her to move up because she has so much potential. Yeah. Well, you know what's so interesting is I was thinking that Jenna and Taylor were going to have to stay back, you know, mm-hmm. when when Kelly and Brinina go. I mean, assuming they both go, I'm pretty sure they will. Um, but now I don't know how long Taylor is going to be out. She it might be it might be a minute. With, with the injury that she picked up. So El Diablo. Um, I know. So, you know, I, I don't know what that looks like. I know Edmonds has been kind of playing left back a bit, but if Jenna's playing left back, does Edmonds play right on the right? Like, or do, do they sign a national team replacement player? I, I don't know. So we'll, we'll see. I really don't know what that's going to look like. Yeah. Side note about Jenna Dysmore. I hope we get to talk to her very soon. Man, does she put a lot yeah. into the, into those, those shots. They are I on love a it. rope, and it's like she's—it's like she's not kicking the ball; she's kicking through the ball. And yeah, just—I feel like there's a little bit of a little bit of anger in that. <laughs> she's a competitor. I love it. Yeah, I love yeah. it too. All right, so let's move over to MVP. So this one is interesting. Last season, we had Mewis, Zerboni, Krieger, and Dorsey on there. Krieger ran away with it. This time, we have just three, which is Abby Smith, Krieger, and Williams. I'm curious what you all think. Jenna, what do you think? So oh, for Williams me, won. Yeah, Williams won. And of course, undeniable, she's been incredible. And she's been scoring all the goals. But for me, it's Abby Smith. It's like you were saying before, every game she made that one save that just kept a minute. She's bailed the team out of a couple of tough mm-hmm. situations. And she has allowed Lynn and the team to do what they need to do and allowed them to play confidently and held it down in front of net. Um, so Abby Smith is my MVP so far. Yeah. But just choosing one player would be so difficult for me. <laughs> true, it's true. Yeah. But as both Abby and Lid have played integral roles in the success of the team. I mean, without Abby, the team could have faced defeat in many games. And without Lynn, the scoring machine, the team would have like not won many matches. In my opinion, both players deserve the recognition for MVP of this team. Yeah, we t- we talked about the defense and how in the high press system it puts the center uh, of tender backs on an island a lot. It also puts the keeper in a lot of bad situations where they're defending breakaways one on one. Just like we saw in the last game, Abby came up big on Alosi. So I, I think, as we said, uh, Lynn is doing fantastic. She's scoring a goal every other game, and that's exactly what you want to do from a, from a striker. That's the that's the standard right there from a really good striker. And obviously Krieger has been the leader of this team. She's picked up not just her play, but her vocal leadership has been incredible too, so I can't discount that. But I think that Abby has made that one save every single game, and she's got three or four save of the weeks, right? And she almost won this week too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. I love those polls. (laughs) Gotham is cleaning up on those. I love it. Yes. Yes. The soccer over Gotham army is, is very, yeah, we're, we're getting them over the line. Uh, And then Abby won a uh, player of the month too. I I, I just think right now it's, it's Abby. Yeah. Uh, Discussion question. If any, what trophy do you think is the realistic one for this club right now? All of them, honestly. I mean, they're all realistic. Will they? Ha- will they get them all? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe yes. Um, I think Challenge Cup is well, well within their reach. I think they could make a great play for Challenge Cup. I'm pretty sure they're still leading the East. Mm-hmm. I, I think they could. They, that's a competition that they could do well in. 
they were top of the table for two weeks, they could win the Shield. And then once you're in the playoffs, if you're top six, and I'm uh, I'm feeling very confident Gotham will be making the playoffs this year, then it's all bets are off. You know, they could they could win the championship too. I, I mean, let's get it for Krieger. You know, let's get that championship for Krieger before she retires. Mm-hmm. But I think all of them are, are realistic. Yeah, the the Gotham that we're seeing this year, exactly, it's possible and realistic for them to win it all. And like Jenna said, probably not, but they are going to win something this year. I I feel it. I feel it in my bones. <laughs> yeah, we're recording on a Wednesday, and then tonight is the Challenge Cup game, North Carolina and Washington. I think if they draw, that puts Gotham in a, a very good position to take the group if they can just get past uh, Orlando next. That puts them in a really good spot. Yes. I think the Challenge Cup is a very po- good possibility for this team because how deep the roster is. Midweek games when you have turnover and roster, uh, you know, roster selection. I think this is a good spot to be in, especially with the roster that we have. The Shield would be interesting because right now the table is so close. Uh, we talk about it on the show, but Gotham is two points in first place and two points in seventh place. So there's so many teams that are just fighting for that top spots. It could go to anybody. I think the shield would be the hardest to get because yeah. it's world cup, you know, long season. There's going to be some hiccups along the way. I'm okay with not winning the shield. I just want to get into the playoffs and I want to win the challenge cup. So I think, I yeah. think right now the challenge cup seems most realistic, but I want that cup. I want the yeah. NWSL cup. I agree with all of that. All right. Last poll. It is the Game Changer Award. This is a player that uh, comes into the game, maybe not an automatic starter. I know I probably could have put Taylor Smith into this poll because she hasn't been as consistent starter. But I I think the players that we picked here, I think, are game changers to me. So we have Zerboni, Martin, Jean, and Sheehan. Sheehan, uh, 51%. Zerboni, 31%. Kind of ran away with it. What are your thoughts, Jenna? Yeah, I mean, like I was saying before, I was uh, foreshadowing. For me, it's McCall Zerboni. Obviously, last year she was captain and she was a starter every game. And this year, that's not her role. She is not the captain and she's not starting every game. But I think she's embraced this role as what I've been calling a super sub. She comes in off the bench. And whenever she comes in, she is doing what she does best, which is breaking up play, helping push up high, regaining the ball, making recoveries you know, doing some of her telltale tackles that you love to see. Um, And she's playing some of the best soccer I've I've seen her play. She is also, I mean, so this is, we're recording Wednesday. When's this coming out? Thursday? Mm -hmm. So this weekend in Louisville, if she plays, which she probably will because she's been coming off the bench pretty frequently, it will, she will become the second player to reach 200 NWSL all-time regular season appearances so more than that if you count all the other stuff uh challenge cups and (laughs) fall series all that but you don't get there by by nothing you know i mean she has longevity and she's still playing great so yeah for me the the game changer really has has been mccall wow that's that's so amazing and like you said like nobody gets to 200 games just because you have to be an incredible player you have to be consistent and you have to be performing at a high level to reach 200 games Especially in this Gotham team right now, where like we've said so like so many times, the this roster is so deep, so it's incredible. I can't wait to to see her play that two hundred game. Maybe she can even score. Who knows? Yeah. But I, <laughs> well, she yeah. was tied top goal scorer last year. Three goals. <laughs> That's crazy. <Yeah. laughs> we don't need to talk about that though. But. Yeah, sh- three goals. Three goals. <laughs> 
but that that's amazing. But I, I agree with you, Jenna, regarding Cerboni's significant impact on on Gotham. She brings that a positive influence to the team. And like I said before, give her more minutes. Yeah, this is the one that was the hardest for me. I thought the one, the, the midfielder between Mewes and Long was really close in my head. This one, I, I'm really close between uh, Zerboni and Sheehan. Mm-hmm. The only reason I'm going to give it to Sheehan is it was immediately noticeable with Sheehan. As soon as she stepped on the field, I remember tweeting like five minutes and I'm like, okay, she's giving something different to this team, which is hold up play. Yes, that's and it very was like, true. Yeah, it was immediately different. What she added to the team it was a different layer. And she controlled that first game. She's been getting consistent minutes. And she's just, I guess, to be the definition of changing a game. So I think Sheehan is the winner for me, just barely over Zeroni. Yeah. You guys know I like Zerboni a lot. No, that's a great <laughs> argument. And I think it's it's yeah. it's incredible. I mean, Sheehan has been someone who's been kicking around the team for a while. She was on the reserves mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. And you never really knew what she had going because she wasn't getting a lot of looks. But I agree with you. When she came in that first, that or I can't remember which game, one, one game this season, one of her first appearances. And she was demonstrating that ability for hold-up play. It's something I haven't seen since maybe Efi in 2021 was doing some really good hold-up play just you know, based on the style of play that they were doing back then. And I was just so impressed. Um, and I think I think uh, Nicole Baxter, I think, tweet, quote tweeted you guys and was like, yeah. I told you not to sleep on Delaney. And she, <laughs> she was right. Yes, she was right. You can't, bl- you can't blame me. I was making a roster of the, of the projected yes, 11. of course. <laughs> and she did not make the projected 11 at the beginning of the season. So... So a little bit of that, but I, I agree with Nicole. Yes. Should have been sleeping on her. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was that game against Old Rain that she did phenomenal. I mean, yeah. that's how we got four goals. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Oh, Any yeah. random thoughts before I, we get off? I forgot we got four goals in that game. <laughs> wow, how quickly we forget. Um, yeah. Anything else? I mean, World Cup is coming up. It's about to be a mm. crazy time for women's soccer. A lot more attention on the league. Looking forward to seeing increased attendance in games. We already saw it with Gotham's game against San Diego. And Ruby, I got there so early because I knew the traffic was going to be a nightmare from like all the national team games I've seen at Red Bull. But yeah, I, I hope the U.S. does well. It would be awesome to see them bring back another trophy. I think this is going to be a really, really hard World Cup for them. Some great teams. But, you know, selfishly, I obviously want the U.S. to win and I want them to win because every time they do, we see the rise of soccer here stateside um, and we see the rise in the NWSL. So, yeah, that's. Yeah. Right now, it's like all eyes on the U.S. If they if they win their third World Cup in a row, mm-hmm. this hasn't happened before. So it will be so exciting. It's exciting to see see it happening. Uh, I can't wait. Honestly, I started. The reason I, well, I love soccer since I was a little girl, but I started following women's soccer with the World Cup. And I remember watching the, the all, all the, the finals, that final with Carly Lloyd. It, it's amazing. So I get really excited every time the World Cup comes around. Can't wait for this one. Hopefully the next one will be here in the States. So it'll be easier to go. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That 2015 final where Carly sc- scored those three goals. Yep. That was that what a classic game, you know, classic. classic I had just game. moved to Jersey when that happened. I think I was here, like, yeah, I had just moved to 2015 to Jersey. Uh-huh. We went to a bar with a couple of friends that like came to visit in Florida, and we watched that game in a bar. And I was like, 
with my jersey and the flag and everything. It was so great. Oh, such good I think memories. I was the only one. I think we were the only ones in that bar <laughs> watching the women's <laughs> It was amazing. As an athlete, in your career, there's only a couple times where you can really – this is a term like in the zone mm-hmm. where it's just – you're just dialed in. There's no distractions. You're, the, the game moves slowly for you. And it's, it's a, just a weird feeling in any like – any athlete or professional athlete knows what I'm talking about when it comes to like being in the zone. That game for Carly was the definition of being in the zone. There was not a single person on that field that was anywhere near the level that Carly was at in her zone. The game moved so slow for her and you could see that she was just a step ahead of everybody. And yeah, it's one, I think it's one of the greatest like athletic performances that I've ever seen. Just her in that game. Just, Just so good. Yeah, they still so put that video up on Twitter all the time of like most yeah. iconic Women's World Cup moments. Yeah. I mean, cra- just crazy, amazing. Um, yeah. yeah, so hopefully we get some more of that. Yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing, Vlaco? Come on. Drop, drop the roster. <laughs> drop the He's roster. Still- Do we have a date when it's supposed to come out? Soon, soon. I mean, they said end of June. So, I mean, we're halfway through. Oh. So Okay. Yeah, he's still flying around to like different stadiums looking at players. I'm like, come on, man. You don't know by now? Come on. Let's go. It's going to be, I mean, he must deep down. No. (laughs) Deep down. But yeah, he was at the last Gotham game. I saw him in the tunnel there. Um, Mm -hmm. He, yeah, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to seeing that roster. But more than that, I know the players are really looking forward to seeing that roster. And, you know, Christy, poor Christy gets asked this at every single post game. I know. About how she's feeling. and, And it's just, to me, that ability for these players to juggle the demands of demanding physically demanding, you know, athletic career with the emotional mental component of trying not to like think so much about this upcoming tournament. Are you going to make the roster all that? I mean, I I give them just such incredible kudos for, for juggling all of that because I, I just, it cannot be easy. (laughs) So lots of respect. It's a, it's a weight, it's a weight off. If, if you're on the roster, it's a different mindset. If you're off the roster, it's, it stings, yes. but at least it's, you know that. And it just takes your anxiety down so mm-hmm. much. Just, yeah. Okay. Now you can start focusing on the season. It's a real bummer that Midge has been injured because she was a real right. contender. She was on the mm-hmm. bubble of that, had just as much of a chance as anyone. And I mean, I, I think her injury, you know, I mean, who, who knows? You never know. Like right. you can see something crazy happen and, and, it's happened in the past, but you know, she hasn't played significant minutes and in, in weeks and weeks and um, Gotham misses her. I miss watching her play and yeah. um, big bummer. If, you know, that's how it shakes out. All right, everybody. So that is the end of our, our mid season award show. Thanks to everyone who voted. Always. You make the show what it is. The show is designed to connect fans far and near to this team. We're one big soccer over Gotham family. Thanks to our panel tonight. Uh, Jenna, you're always amazing. Oh, thank you. Yes. And Ruby, you're always amazing. Oh, but you know thank that. You. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Ruby is the best. <laughs> All right. So for Jenna, Ruby, and myself, thanks for everybody for listening to this episode. We'll be back hopefully next week with another Gotham FC player interview. We will see what happens. But all right, I'm ready for the second half of the season. You ready? We're ready. I don't know. I'm tired, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm tired right. already. I'm pre-tired from staying up to watch uh, games in Australia and New Zealand. <laughs> yes. Yes. But yeah, right. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> Let's get to it. Let's go.
Hi, everyone. This is Gary. Thank you for listening and supporting our project. Here are other ways you can support the show and connect with us. First, word of mouth is everything. So please share our show with anyone who might listen. Also, please rate us five stars on Spotify and review us on iTunes. You can purchase our merchandise at the Tee Public Store. Join in the conversation on Twitter at OverGothamPod and Instagram at SoccerOverGotham. Lastly, you can email your thoughts and questions at SoccerOverGotham at gmail.com. Once again, thank you. Anyway, let's let's talk soccer now. <laughs> yeah, let's talk soccer.